Uh, I was mentioning to the Lord this morning about answers. How an answer fixes everything. There's so many problems on the earth and in our lives. In the world, you'll have tribulation. In the world, you'll have problems. You'll have situations. And what turns that around is always an answer. Wouldn't it be a shame to walk through life with a problem and never ask or never receive the answer? Y'all know anybody that does that? They won't, they won't, they won't fix anything. And I, then the scripture came up in Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call unto me and I will answer thee. Well, there's the call unto me. River Church, we should call unto him. We should ask him. And Lynn was talking about that in his uh, uh, message that we ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Uh, concerning an a, a issue in his body. What do you want me to do about this? Because it's not always obvious or it's not always, it's always spiritual, but it's not always that you, sometimes it's simpler than we thought. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Well, gosh, we just came with a question saying, Lord, I need an answer to this. And he says, watch this. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Well, we were opening a little porthole, a little door, a little, a little window saying, what's the answer to this? And all of a sudden the gates of the city open up and he said, I got more. Now that you've asked, I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Revelation is so empowering. Revelation will set you free. We all are living for revelation. Whether you know it or not, you're living to know something that answers something. Revelation is truth. So when you get revelation, it sets you free. Because you'll know the truth. You'll know the revelation, the truth, and it'll set you free. Y'all, there's nothing else that you're looking for. There's nothing else you're doing. There's nothing else that you're engaged in on a primary level except to be set free. You go, well, we're Americans. We don't need to be set free. Well, duh, maybe we do. Maybe we have American devils in America, but they're just, you know, there's, and maybe our people are not quite as overt and Hamas and all that, but they're still here. We need revelation. You need revelation to know what to do tomorrow. Well, does that mean I can't do anything tomorrow without revelation? Well, you don't know if you're doing the right thing. You don't know if what you're doing is going to open doors and get you into a situation where you can open more doors. We ought to have revelation for every day. We ought to live by revelation. In other words, revelations are, is anything that you know that you could not know. Revelation is knowing anything that you could not know. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is heaven. You couldn't have known that by figuring it out, Peter. But the Father said, let me show you this. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So revelation. Y'all, let's refocus. 
Let's refocus. Let's, let's all turn our sails into the wind and say, I'm after things that I couldn't naturally know. And I tell you, just one of them, just one of them will set your, it'll set your life in the air just to know one thing. There's a few things that I know. There's quite a few things I know. And it keeps me from doing things that are bad and are not bad, but, but are negative or the wrong way. Wasting your life, wasting your life. Revelation keeps you from wasting your life. Because you know what to do. And that's what it is when the words the Lord said in 2023, you'll know what to do. That means we'll have revelation. We'll, we'll know what to do. Well, how will we know? Well, we'll study. We'll get a degree. We'll, we'll write books and read books. and all. No, we'll just know what to do because he'll tell us, here's what I want you to do. And we'll do it. And revelation is progressive. Once you obey a revelation then it positions you to have more revelation. Isn't Jesus wonderful? It's like, this is deep, but it's not. It's like it's so obvious. Turn in with me in your Bible to Colossians chapter two. I'm not even going to tell you what I'm going to preach on this morning. But if you were here last week, you know what this week is. Colossians chapter two. Hallelujah. So what's the question in your life? What is the thing? If you, we, we get numb to questions. We get numb to not knowing. We get acclimated to not knowing. Okay, let's start over. We, we don't know, and it's okay for us to not know. To do that, you have to get acclimated. You have to get numbed down to, you, to, to not knowing. A servant, the word says a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. So they don't expect to know how much money does the master have and what, what plane is he going to take on his flight to Paris next week. Uh, a servant doesn't know, but the Bible says a son knows. Okay, so we, we are not servants. If we acclimate to say, well, I don't know and... That's God. How, how can I know? That's not God. Not God only. That's Father. Shift him over. Shift him over to say he, he is the God. He is the creator. He is El Shaddai. He is, uh, he is all that he is. But he's also, he said, Jesus said he's Father. And the word says that the Father tells everything to his sons. So if we don't know... It's because we're not expecting to know or we're condemned to ask him to know. Father, I, what do you want me to do with my life? You've given me this life. I'm born in this generation. I'm this gender. I'm this race. I'm this uh, uh, personality type. What do you want me to do with my life? Because there's a gazillion ways to go. Now, whether you would face it or not, all of us have asked that question in a in a, maybe not overt, but behind the scenes, we've asked that question by not asking the right question. We've been saying, you just never know what God's going to do. And that's just not true. He's the father reveals. If you were a, a child and you ask your father, where are we going? 
He would say, he would tell you, we are going to Dairy Queen. When I was growing up in Arizona, in Tucson, we were there five years. Every blue moon, and I'm telling you, it had to be real blue. <laughs> I don't know where the money came from, but we'd load up and go to Dairy Queen. And I'm telling you, it was the highlight of our lives to go to Dairy Queen and get one of those little punk cones. It seemed like a banana split or something to us. We, you know, so, so little things are made big based on your perspective, based on the context. And so God wants us to know, but you got to have an expector. You got to have a place where you say, I know where I'm going. Now, how are we going to get there? Are you all there? I know where I'm going. I've got, I've got a picture. I've got a little image of this is where I'm going. Who am I in Christ? Well, that means I'm going somewhere where people that know who they're in Christ, where they're going. I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to the to the the, the place that sinners goes. I'm going somewhere and you want me to be great. Maybe not great in society, but great uh, uh, in front of my family, great in front in financially. You want you have attributed greatness to my life. Therefore, Lord, how are we how am you and me going to get there? Oh, you can ask that. He demands it. The ignorant. The word says, uh, Brother Hagin always co quoted it. Let the ignorant be ignorant still. We're not ignorant of his devices, the devils, and we're not ignorant of the Lord's plans. And, and so we ought to know. You, you don't know all the details. You got to know something and act on what you know. For him to give you more. He's not going to give you way down the road until you say, giddy up. I know this. So I had to move to Alabama. There was nothing left to be said until I did that. There was no plans revealed. There was no, well, if you'll do this, I'll do this. There was none of that. There was none of that enticement like, okay, I know it seems hard to get up and rip up and move out and, and go to Alabama. But if you'll do it, I'll, I'll take care of this and take care of that. Well, he'd already said that in the word. I had that no matter where I moved or didn't move. And so he didn't say that. He didn't say, I'll entice you. He just said, do it. And that's what he's saying to you. You go, well, I need a little more stuff on it. What will you do if trouble comes? Well, you'll cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking captivity every thought. That's what you'll do. You'll bind on earth and it'll be bound on in heaven. You'll loose on earth. You, you, you already know what to do. It's not like, Lord, if I obey you, what, what happens if this happens? He's already told us that no matter what you do with your life, he's got you covered. Whether you're obedient or not, because we've all been disobedient. We've all been where like, whoops, what am I doing here? What have I done? We've all been there, y'all. Yes, we have. Yes, we've all we've all been there. No one's exempt from that. So. The Lord wants to show us more. But it says there, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee things, show thee great and mighty things that thou thou no, it's not. No, it's not. He said, I'll give you a revelation. 
It won't. There'll be general things that we all know. We're all supposed to prosper. We're all supposed to be healed. We're all supposed to lay hands on the sick and they recover. That, that's not like particular and specific to you. It's not peculiar to your life. It's to all of us. But there are things that are peculiar and unique to your life. And he wants you to ask him. He does not say he does not get along with. Lord, you know, I'm here. And if you want to tell me something, you can you can just holler at me. He does not work that way. Faith makes a demand. Faith is a pursuit. And he always answers the pursuit. It doesn't have to be much pursuit. Mustard seed pursuit. He's got that. Great faith pursuit. He's got that. Just get in faith. Just say, I believe you've got the answer that I need. And I believe if I ask you, you'll tell me. That's not even very dangerous. It's not even like, well, I'll mortgage my house if you'll tell me. It's not even like that. He just said, ask me. So why is it so simple that we won't do the simple? We have to wait until it's hard. Well, he, he said, uh, climb every mountain. No, he didn't. He said, just do what I told you to do that's in front of you to do that you can do. Put on the armor of God. Everybody's just dissected that and broke it down and said it means this and this piece means that. And it's defensive and it's offensive. And we get all that. But, you know, rarely have I seen that anybody did anything with that dissection that they said, oh, now that I know about the armor, about the breastplate and about, the, you know, that they ever changed anything. Now, y'all come up afterwards and say, you're wrong and I'll be wrong. But what he's actually saying, put on Jesus, just put on Jesus and and all these things that I'm explaining, they'll all be there. You don't have to know about them, although you just know that they're coming, that they're there and you trust them. I put on the Lord Jesus. I ask him any answers. And when he answers, it works. It works. It works. Oh, my goodness. I asked him. He told me and I did it and it worked. Nothing will fire you up for another ask, another question like getting a question answered that sets you free. So we need to be, if you're going to be anything powerful in the kingdom, it's that you live by revelation. That way you don't have to be like, I got years in this. I'm word of faith and I've been doing this and I've been what, whatever. If you live by revelation, you get caught up. Because everything we have is from this moment forward. We don't get to count anything in the back. Experience helps and and knowing some things from the back helps and everything. But if you live by revelation from this point going forward, you can be a dummy from from Montgomery or, or whatever. You can you, you can be a, a, a dodo brain and, and all of a sudden or, or just not know. Come on from Sikkim and say, Lord, I want to know what you know from my life. And I want to know right now. And he says, ding, you're caught up. Because to ask that question. You you know some things that you've lived. You know some things when you know enough to ask that and do that. You're in. Could be that you could be in this work all your life and not know to ask that question. And be way back. It's like, Lord, I'm a long timer. I'm a I'm a I'm a. 
I, I, I've been here doing this forever. How, how come I don't know anything? Because you got to ask the right question. You got to you got to be in pursuit and not not rest on your experience and not rest on your knowledge. Well, this is how it works. Well, it is how it used to work and it might work that way for some now, but it might not necessarily work for you that way now. Ask him, how do you want to work? That was good testimony. I had pain and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do about it? Well, the Lord don't care about your pain. That's all he cares about. He's absolutely focused on you. Well, he's focused on the Burmese and the Bangladesh and the Somalia people. No, he's not. He's focused on his where his children are who are in faith. He'd like to get focused on everybody, but you got to be his children and you got to be in faith. He's already sent Jesus for to die for everybody that's said no yet. All the people that you go, they're in great need. Well, sure they are. But he sent Jesus and the work is finished. It's done. It's over. So there's nothing left to be done for them except send somebody to tell them. And we're working on that, aren't we? We're, 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 we're involved in the harvest. So you can know more. You should never, faith rests, faith does rest, but experience should never rest because you can't get enough experience to get you out of this mess. It doesn't matter because the world's full of experience. They got doctorates and they got uh, uh, schooling and they got all sorts of things and they've got resumes like this and stuff like that. It's like, I, I know how to do anything. Sit down. You don't know Jack. Let's get a Christian over here that knows God. And then we'll know something. So you're the one. Family, we're the ones. You go, I didn't know that. Well, it's now you do. There's more to know because there's more to ask. And I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. We have to lay it down. We have to be the ones. Well, God knows where I am. If he wants to do something great, he, he, he knows where I am. It just never, never has and never will work that way. He does know where you are. It's not going to get better. We're not in the Old Testament where God's in control. We're not in there. You're in control. I'm in control. And I have no one to blame but me. Me, me, me. Just me. Well, you know, I got a story. Somebody let me down. And somebody didn't do me right. Yes, we, we know your story. We've all got that story. Different people, different times. They hurt us. They, they left us. But Jesus is the answer. He's the antidote. He's the, he's, he's the everything. He's not just a pretty good. It says here in Colossians, are you reading in, in chapter two, uh, verse uh, chapter two, verse eight? It, it, what does it say? Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy is the love of wisdom. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Deceit is delusion. So that's out there, isn't it? It's out there. It's, it's everywhere. It was there then. It's there now. You can go down the wrong path. Jesus is the only path. He's the highway. Hallelujah. Uh, after the tradition of men. Okay, now we know where that's all coming from. After the rudiments or the first things of the world and not after Christ. 
for in him. So here we got back to Jesus for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he's not he's not just an example. He's not he's not the he's not the down payment of the Godhead. Paul said he's everything. He's got it all. You don't have to say, can I talk to your manager? Y'all ever been on the phone and talked, said, said, hey, dodo brain, sweetheart. Can I talk to your manager? He, it's not that. In him dwelleth the Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's big, isn't it? I mean, we take that. We take that for granted. We know that. We believe that. But it's true. And ye, so he switched it over because of that, because I said that in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Therefore, he said, so ye, so ye, it says and, but you could say, so ye are complete in him. Because he is, you are. Because he did, you can. Because he has, you can have. Well, where's my excuse for life? My failures, my 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 beller ball and my, my crying and saying nobody loves me and everybody hates me and I'm going to eat some worms or whatever people say anymore. Well, what, what am I going to do with that story? You got to get rid of it. Well, I like that story because it makes people pet me and, and, and say, oh, baby, that's, that is terrible. That's hard. And we still feel sorry for you. No, it, it eliminates all that. You can't say that anymore. Anymore. You can't cry. You can't make excuses. You can't complain. Where is River Church this morning? I'm, I'm looking for a friend. Hallelujah. Where, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. I hope you're not doing it. I hope you're not doing that. You can't whine. You can't complain. You can't you can't pass the buck. You can't make yourself look bigger by saying, well, over there, you know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. You know what they what they're involved in. What's the point of that? Well, it just makes me look like because I'm not doing it. Oh, but there might be other things that you are doing that they're not doing. What's the point? The point is we are complete in him. We are complete in him. So there's no excuses. You, you got a whiny then you don't believe that you're complete in him. And people that win the race, if you ever watch them run a, a, a race around the track or any kind of race, guess what they do when they pass the finish line? They give it up. They take their foot off the throttle. They, they fall on the track or they, you know, but they're done. They, they won. They're finished. They're complete in the race. And when they quit, they quit pressing. And so what are you doing acting like you're incomplete in him, family? What, what would any of us do that was acting like I got to run another lap? How come? Well, I'm, I'm trying to get to be the winner. They're waiting for you over there at the winner's section. What are you doing running another race? Well, just in case. Well, I've been running for so long, I'm just used to running. But you're complete in him. Quit running an incompleteness life. I thought that was real good when I wrote that down. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
So we're completing him when? Well, God's still working on me. No, he's not. Well, I've got some things that I need to, to, to shine up. Well, yes, you do. I certainly do. I got some things to polish up. I don't like everything. I don't like everything. When you know things, then you know things. The good things, the things that I like, ah. He supplies all my needs. But you also know other things like, you know, maybe I'm a complainer. Maybe I talk about other people. Oh, shame on me. So I'm working on me. Are y'all working on thee? Well, of course we are. Why? Well, because uh, I got to win the race. No, we're completing him. But we want to be pleasing to our master. We want to be pleasing to the father. Every child wants to please his father. Everybody does. Every kid wants to please them. They, they, they want to jump off the refrigerator when daddy says jump. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Amplified says, and you are in him made, made full and having come to fullness of life, having been come full, excuse me, having come to fullness of life. So you won. Take off your track shoes. You're in the winner's circle. Glow. Stand up strong. I'm with him. We, we stand over here in the blue ribbon section. We stand over here in the gold medal section. I'm with him. We're not, we're not ever saying I did this on my own. Because you need to keep running the track. When you believe you're finished, you enjoy the victory. And I'm just not thinking that everybody is happy as they should be because they won the race. They won the victory. When you've won the victory, you're happy. Well, what about this? And what about that? Well, yeah. In the world, you're going to have a what about this and what about that. But he said, I have fixed the what about this and what about that. I have I have overcome it. Go to the victory line. Go, 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 go stand on the podium. It's done. It's finished. Well, I don't feel like it's finished. We don't have to catch up. We're finished. You'll have a whole nother attitude. When you, when you know something, you change your perspective. When you're working on a problem, a challenge or a situation, you're working on it. Like, what do we do? Do we put our money here? Do we live over here? Do we change cars? What do you do? There's nothing more exciting than when you know what to do. We made some decisions this week. Me and Deborah Ann, just, just her and me. We made some decisions. We, we were mulling things. There was a lot of things in the bag. And we were pouring them out. And there was a lot of things. And it could have been anything. But suddenly, revelation. Suddenly, aha, we know what to do. Boom, put all that trash in the trash and we're going to hold the, the special thing because we know what to do. And there's nothing more life-giving than to say, we know what to do. So the, the decision is off. The, the what to do is off. The, the, uh, we, don't, we can't get started on it because we don't know what, what, which one it is. All that's off. Suddenly, we're empowered. And I'm telling you, that's the best part of life is when you're empowered. The best part of life is when you're empowered. You know what to do. When you don't know what to do, you're fussing with everybody. 
because you don't know what to do. It just makes you cranky. It's like, ah, what's wrong with you? Ah, nothing's wrong with me. What, why would you say that? <laughs> bark, bark, bark. And it's because they don't know what to do. We don't know. When we've all been there. And we get there when we get into a new territory of challenge of the Lord wants you to do something new and you have to you have to weigh it out unless you get a word. You get a word. One time we got a word that says move to Tuscaloosa, set your family there and stay there the rest of your days. What a word that just took. You go, well, that's no big deal. We're going to we're going we're gonna to move. We're going to go. We were in trustful. And you go, well, that's no big deal. Well, down the years been 27 of them since we've been here. You have lots of opportunity to say, well, should we do this and do that? Up, oh, the word of the Lord came. Revelation came. So we know what to do. Stay in Tuscaloosa the rest of your days. So it never comes up. It's never it's never the back burner. Like who turned that on? It's never on because we know what to do. Do you know what to do? Do you know there's some things you don't know what to do because you don't know what to do in front of the things that you don't know what to do? But if you'll know what to do in front, if you'll get the next thing solved, then the door will open to the next thing and you'll know what to do. It's like, well, I want to know what's what's the ultimate is. It doesn't work that way. You got to know what tomorrow is. Should I tithe or not? Because I can't pay the electric bill. Well, you got to know what to do. You're in the land of decision, the land of nowhere until you know that, until you till you till you get it right with here. Revelation. And you can't figure it on paper. You're tired. You can't figure it on paper. I figured it a hundred times and it always comes up. No electric bill or no tithe. So I'll, I'll give an offering or I'll put it off next week or I will, we'll, you know, or we'll ask Uncle Jack for whatever. Once you solve it, though, what do you do once you solve it? Once you have revelation, you bring your tithe into the storehouse, just for example. And guess what? There's money for the electric bill. Oh, well, how empowering is that? It changes your life. And we've all been there. We've all been there where he said, test me and now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not do what I said I'd do. We've all been there in our mind. We never said it out loud like I'm testing you, Lord. That's not good business. I don't know where I'm going this morning. Y'all, I'm on, the, I'm on the third line of my notes. So hallelujah. And that was Colossians 2. Hallelujah. <laughs> we need to know how to navigate. We are the navigators of this whole world. We are children of God. We're the only ones that know what to do. You go, well, I've never been to Washington. I've certainly never been an elected official. I promise you, I do. Every one of us in here know what to do up there. Or at least a sense of what to do. And they're up there clueless. What do we do? What do we do? Well, you get born again. I can't go there. The new living says you also are complete through your union with Christ, through your union with Christ. You are complete through your union with Christ. So I have to stay connected. I have to stay in union with him. I can't say, this is me. I'm smart now. I think I'll, I'll get me a job and don't go to church and quit reading my Bible because I'm so smart. Look at what I've done. Well, just through your union with him. Things could blow up if you unhook from him, couldn't they? 
Amen. So, so we're not updated, family. We're new creatures in Christ. We're not updated. We came out brand spanking new. We, we were birthed. We were refathered from above. We're not, we're not like, oh, well, we found some spare parts and we think we can patch this one up. It'll be real close. It's called refurbished in the world. Someone turned in their phone or their TV and they, they resoldered the wire and put it back out there. Well, that's, that's probably fine. That's not who we are. We are brand new. We, we are the original thought in the mind of God. He doesn't look at you and say, well, now that they've done that, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to draw back and teach them a lesson and show them that you can't do what you're doing and have what I'm having. Sure you can. No. Yes, you can. Just repent. Just say, I won't do that anymore. That takes revelation. To say, what am I doing wrong, God? How come this isn't working? Well, because you got this in your life. Get rid of it. Well, how do I do that? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Well, I'm excuse me. If you confess with your. What does it say in first John one nine? Well, you all know he he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Read the whole book. It'll do you good. Hallelujah. So we, we can fix it. It takes revelation to say this isn't going right. I want to fix it. He said, I, I got the answer already. Well, I don't want to hear it. We'll just be ignorant. The Weist translation. I'm the only one in the world that's got that. You are in him having been completely filled full. Completely filled full. That seems redundant. With, with the present result that you are in a state of fullness. So it's like Ephesians when it talks about the Holy Ghost. It says, be being filled and continually filled. It's not a one and done. It's not like back in 78, I got the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean anything. Except to indict us that we didn't keep being filled. Here's the key. Here's a key. When you believe the truth, everybody in here wants to believe the truth. We want to believe the truth. Like Lynn said, we're easily persuaded to believe and we're not gullible. That's why people don't want to be easily persuaded to believe. They believe they'll be taken advantage of. But we got the Holy Ghost inside. We know right and wrong. We know, we know the devil when he comes. We, we, neither heed nor, we neither heed or hear his voice. But we're easily persuaded to believe. In other words, it comes down the first time. And, and here's, here's how we want to raise our children. And here's how the Lord wants us raised. Where we obey him when we hear it the first time in a conversational tone. The, the religious people want God to be yelling at you over and over and then threatening you. If you don't do it, you know I can do this to you. I can, I can, I can put a whooping on you that you won't last long from. The Bible says in Hebrews that if you don't endure chastening as a son, as a son, as a son, if you don't endure chastening, chastening is instruction, training, 
teaching, and one other thing that I can't think of. But if you don't endure it, then, then are you illegitimate? That's who we are. It's part of who we are. It's like, I'm a son, therefore, therefore, because I am a son, a daughter, because I'm a son, I endure chastening. In other words, I let him correct me, direct me, turn me around. I don't say, ah, I like it this way. We don't say that. We say, I'm on your page. I'm on your agenda. I keep coming with it. If I ever stop and say, I don't want you talking to me about this stuff. Guess what you'll get? You'll get your desire. It'll dry up. So when you quit, when you, when you believe the truth, you quit striving. When you know you're connected, when you know you're on the right path, there's nothing like knowing in your life, this is going just like he wants it. This is going just like I want it. My life, it's an open book because I'm up here so much. I eventually drag, drag up stuff. You go, dear Lord, is he going to do that again? Oh, oh we, we're going to have to go through that again. I hope it's the short version. I know that. I know that. I try not to. But uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, you know, you just you just know that how this goes and truth is better. Truth never fails. Jesus is the way, the truth. So Jesus is the truth. Jesus doesn't fail. Therefore, truth doesn't fail because truth. So it's like, well, I want to get what doesn't ever fail, doesn't ever break, doesn't ever come behind. I want the truth because it sets you free. Galatians chapter four. We'll come back to that if we want to, but we'll go to Galatians chapter four. We read this last week. Let's read it again a little different in verse nine. Galatians, Galatians four, nine. Well, let's look at verse seven. Therefore, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. That is good to know. We don't bow before the Lord. Thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ, an heir of God through Christ. So through him, I'm complete in him. I'm an heir. Then in verse nine, it says, but now after that, ye have known God. So there's fixing to be some chastening here. He's like, well, what are y'all thinking? But now after ye have known God or rather are known of God, how turn ye again? So he's addressing a particular behavior. Do y'all think that's happening at Galatia? How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly ailments? Why are y'all going back? Why are y'all free from circumcision, but you want to go back and make everybody get circumcised? How come you're free from the dietary laws there's a whole sect of Christians right now that'll put you so fast under the dietary laws. They'll put you there faster and say you can't eat this and you can't eat that. It's all dietary laws. And the word says that if you give it Thanksgiving, it's all clean. It's all good. Peter saw the vision, said, kill and eat. Oh, Lord, not me. I'm pure. He said, don't don't say that anymore. 
So turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Why? Why would we want to be free and get free and then want to be in debt or in bondage to the beggarly elements? Why would we go back? Why would we go back? Why? Why once we've passed a milestone in our life and we've got that nailed down, I got tithing nailed down, I've got forgiveness nailed down, I've got this nailed down and I've, I've proved it in my life and it's the word and it works and I'm happy and it's good. And then six months later, you're saying, I ain't forgiven them. And, you know, the church has more money than me and the preacher's driving better than me. So I'm not I don't have to tithe. So why? He says, why would you go back? Well, I, why do they go back? The the uh, the passion says because we're his we can, access every, we can access everything our Father has. Oh, my. Who? That's us. And who? It's him. We can access everything the Father has. Now, what if this was true? What if the Bible was true? What if, what if this was reality? This, what if this was God's thoughts? And he said, Paul, write that down. And Paul wrote it down. God said, good job. I agree. What, what do they say on the political things? I agree with this message. I think the Lord's saying I agree with this message. And the, and the passion says, because we're his, we can ask everything our father has, for we are one with Jesus. And you know he likes Jesus. Y'all know he's, he, yeah. Now that we truly know him and understand how deeply we're loved by him, why would we even for a moment consider turning back to those weak and feeble principles? Look, look, look of religion. As though we were still subject to them. You go, well, is this a problem? Well, yeah. It's called backsliding. It's calling not wanting to be chastened of the Lord. The Lord will nudge you and say, don't go back there. Don't don't be hanging around with Billy Bob because he'll lead you off. He'll take you down the road. You those kin folks that you left and you said, y'all, y'all come go with me. But they said, we, we like our religion. And you said, well, then I'm shaking the dust off my feet. But then down the road, they whine and cry and you you start messing with them. And it's OK to help them, but you can't you can't mess with them. And so why do they go back? Well, I, I wrote it down. This is where the happy part's over. This is the part where I kick in. Because they're lazy. The reason people go back is because there is a discipline to being a child of God. Once he gives it to you and shows you how to run it and you operate it, the kingdom... He expects, I said, he expects, it's his expectation that you keep going. It's not like, you know, it says that uh, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back. The word says in Hebrews that, uh, uh, y'all know what it says in Hebrews. Well, uh, it says don't look back. I forget how it says it in Hebrews. Uh, in Samuel, uh, excuse me, in Samuel and uh, Elisha and Elijah, pardon me. 
He said, what have I got to do with you? Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha and Elisha said, I, I got things I got to do before I can head down the road. And he said, up to you. Doesn't matter to me. And the word says, Elisha said, I better pay attention. He went and killed the oxen and burned the plow and headed out. I mean, that's how he operates. He's like, I'll give you everything, but you got to stay with me. That's not unreasonable. That's what you want from your children, your family, your employees. You, is once they start with you and, and taste the good things, you expect them to stay with you and not go give your company secrets to the competitor or whatever. Not to get with your family and trash your church. Don't do that. Don't do that. That is, that'll cost you. Because you're messing with his kingdom. And it's not just like, well, I'm giving information. No, you, you're, an, you're an insurrectionist. Do not. Because we'll work it out here. We always work it out. We don't always like everything that goes on. I don't always like everything that goes on, but we just work it out. And it always works out. We don't get wild-eyed when somebody comes in and then, then doesn't stay. It's like we want them to. They're more than anything. But we don't get wound up and say, oh, God, we gotta, we'll change this and we'll change that. We're not changing anything. We're, we're on display like we want to be on display. We're, whatever you do to get people, you got to do to keep people. And we're doing everything. We're praying for people. We're blessing them. We're, we're doing all that we know how to do at this point. And so we are what we are. Hope to be more, hope to be better, hope to increase. But the, so you don't do it. Don't trash talk your family church. Don't trash talk us. Well, they understand. <laughs> You'll find out soon they don't understand. The word says in First John, it says we knew they weren't of us because if they were with us, they would have stayed with us and they wouldn't have gone out from us. Oh, that's how you tell. Yeah, that's how you tell. Well, they uh, why do they go back? Because they're lazy. They want God to be in control because when God's in control. According to that theory of action, it's an Old Testament concept. God was in control in the Old Testament. Let's get that straight. He was. He said, if you don't obey my commandments, look in Deuteronomy 28. And look in Malachi 3. Look at all of them. He says, if you'll do what I say to do, I will pour out and do and rebuke the devourer and I'll, I'll do for you. But if you don't, see, there's that next line that says, but if you don't, you're cursed with a curse. I'm after you. Oh, so it's like a child. It's like a, an infant that you can't explain. Now, baby, don't run out in the street. You can't explain it. Because they don't know what you're talking about. So you just say, if you walk out, if you walk out towards the street, I'm going to bust you. And they understand that. I said they understand that. And you better do it. Because that's what they understand. The Bible says rebellion is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction, it will drive it far from them. And so that's what God did in the Old Testament. He, he baited them. Come here, little chickens. Come here. Come to, come to God. Come to God. 
And if they wouldn't, if they scattered off this way and that way, he just he just took care of it. He said, we got We got to get the Messiah in the earth. Y'all are not going to mess this up. We've got to get the Messiah in. You're my people. So he would have he would have to get on them. Can you imagine Moses coming down from the mountain and listening to his brother Aaron saying, this gold just jumped out of the fire on, and, and, and this form came up and it's doggone, it looks like a calf. And I'm telling the truth. You go, well, God's never heard of that. That's been all he's heard. So that's not, God's not in control anymore. He said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you loose on earth. He said, you speak to the mountain. He said, said the, 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 Prayer of the righteous availeth much. Thank you. It makes a difference. Given, it'll be given to you. So uh, I wrote this down. I'm just about out of time, but y'all are done with me anyway. But people that are don't want that go back. I figured it out. They want an understanding friend. People that want to go back. Paul said, why, why are you Galatians going back? He set you free. You were bound up and he set you free and it's wonderful and everything you could want is here. Why are you going back? And they said, well, we want an understanding friend. We didn't like the arrangement. We didn't like Jesus is Lord because he's got lots of things that we 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 don't want to. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to read the Bible. We don't want to give. So. They want an understanding friend. They're looking for an understanding friend. Uh, they're for praise. People that go back, they want understanding. They want an understanding friend that sings songs about themselves. We don't want to just meditation. They want. They want, a, uh, they want an understanding friend to teach, to allow them just to pick the doctrines out that they want. This is what I want to believe. Is that okay with you, understanding friend? Sure. We're good. We're good. That Jesus is Lord business. He wouldn't have been good with that, but we're good with that. Uh, an, understanding, an understanding friend uh, uh, doesn't have to have a lot of attention. You don't have to, if Jesus is an understanding friend, you don't have to pay a lot of attention to him. You can come and go as you want. Oh, so I have to come and go? Well, he's so wonderful, you'll want to. And it'll be better for you. Uh, you keep commitments like you would have an understanding friend. In other words, I come when I want to, I go when I want to. But Jesus is my understanding friend, and so it doesn't matter to him. That's what I like, they say. Uh, they, they, they have friendships or the court friends that an understanding friend doesn't care. You got those, those people as your friends? An understanding friend would say, that's okay. And they like that. They make Jesus their understanding friend. They play in the world because they have an understanding friend. They play in the world. You know what the world is right now? It is 
it's the reign, it's the rule, it's the domain of the devil. It's the devil. You go, no, God's in control. No, he's not. Well, who's in control? We are. And if you know anything about the end times, you know that when we get zipped up, there's nothing to stop the devil. Don't be left behind. Uh, don't have to pray much if you have an understanding friend because he knows what I need and buy. If, you know, he'll take care of it. Uh, you don't have to uh, give much because you have an understanding friend. What, what's all this thing about giving? I don't want to give. I want my money. Understanding friend would let you do that. Uh, when you're entitled, and I'm going to get off of this. I'm not staying long, but I just want to put this in here for some strange reason. When you're entitled, when you want to go back, when you don't want to pay the price, you want to backslide. And I can tell you, there's been right at 980 other people that have come through this church over the years that went back. I don't, I'm not saying they, they're not in a good church now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they changed their mind because of something. And uh, they, they say, God doesn't care. My understanding friend does not care how, I'm, how I am, and he doesn't care if I change. See, that's the understanding friend that they want. He doesn't want me to change. The Lord loves us just like you are, just like I am. He's like, that's my man. That's my boy. I like him. But I want him to change. I want him to love me enough to change so I can use him and exalt him. And that's what that is. So if you wonder about people that go back, your kin folks, your friends that say, I tried that Jesus stuff. I tried that stuff that where you have to go to church all the time and you have to. That's what they think. We had a man come here one time. He said, all y'all do is talk about money, 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 money. Well, that's what we do is talk about the money that we talk about. It was just like we are now. Because people want to get their money right. Don't they? Don't y'all? I don't want to give away anything that's going in a hole. I don't want to give it as a tax or a debt to God because he's not spending it on potholes and, and uh, welfare. It's for me. I'm, I'm, I'm in it for me. So Romans 10. Let's, let's uh, y'all can do it. Romans 10. I'm complete in him. That's the point. We don't want to get all that other stuff to get away from the point. I'm complete in him. There's nothing that's left to be done except what I want to do. And he draws me in to want to do more. Chapter 10 says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Do you all know those people? We had a young man at a revival that we had over in Coker, and he, he, he got with me. He, was, uh, he didn't know anything. He was a Baptist boy, and he didn't know anything. And he came to me, and he said, I'm fixing to go on the road. I'm fixing to preach Jesus. And I said, hey, that's, that's good, but don't you think you ought to stay here just a little while so we can give you something to say that people want to hear? That seems fair. I wasn't saying don't go, but he left. Him and his family left. 
Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah, I should have said that. Because he's not doing anything for God anywhere right now, as I understand. Him and his family are all away. Is that my fault? I don't think so. He had a zeal without knowledge. He was zipped up in his emotions. But we're not zipped up in our emotions. Everything that we've got is a passion. A passion comes from down here. A passion is not on and off, little and, and little and more. A passion increases. A passion burns out stuff that's no good, that's against the call of God, the, the place of God that you have. Uh, it's, so a zeal, a zeal that the Lord wants you to have is called boldness with authority. We're blessed, God, if you're, if you're on the street and I'm on the street, I, I, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. Well, how come? Just because he's in me, I have a passion with authority. I know I can help him. How many of y'all know that we can help him? It's not empty. It's not like, come to my church. We're not even saying that. Church doesn't ever come up. Come to my church. No, it's like, I have a passion for you because of him in me, and I have authority. I can fix this. You got a gimpy leg? We can fix this. We can fix it. Well, when? When are you going to pray for me? Now. That kind of blows them away, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. I'm complete in him. I'm complete in him. When you get that in, when, when that, how will we know when you get that in? When I get that in, I will be entitled for the things of God. That's how you'll know. It's like, well, he just thinks God will do anything. He just thinks that if he prays that he'll have anything. He just thinks if he does this, it'll happen. That's entitled. It's not me. Woe be unto the man that thinks it's him. But it's him in me. I'm complete in him, in the Lord Jesus, in him. I live and move and have my being in him. So how will you know if someone's turned the tap that it's not zeal without knowledge? Is because they'll have that authority, that passion with authority, and they'll be entitled. They don't care about what people think. You grab them at the grocery store. It's for their ultimate good. They may turn you down, and if they do, just walk on down. Like Deborah told me, or uh, it was Lynn the other day said, there's 298,652 people that, that want you to touch them. Walk away. Walk away from them and find the 292,000. Okay, there's plenty more where that came from. So that's who we're turning into. It's, all, it's who we've always been. We just didn't know it. And so we weren't entitled. We thought the world owned us. We thought culture owned us. We thought good manners owned us. We thought religion owned us. We thought, we thought what people think owned us. That's what we thought. And so we behaved accordingly. But now we don't think that way. Bless God, he's coming back soon. When they tally up mine, for how many did you get born again? It's a little light right now. I better get, I better get you up. Well, when I, when I get past this project or that project, 
Well, how many of y'all know today's the day? Amen. So that was a good word this morning. We're going to pray for the sick. Annette had. We're going to pray for the sick. If, if they don't have a confidence, God will heal them. You have a passion with authority and you get them healed because it will happen. Now, let, just think about this before we go. Just think about this. It's not you that's on the line. The Lord wants to show off more than you want to him to be shown off. It's like, I got to make this right because I've got this word out there, this gospel out there. And I said, my people can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We better follow through. And so he does. You got to think about it. Not, well, what will people think if he doesn't? Well, what will God think if you think he doesn't? Oh, he wants me to think he will. Amen. Do y'all like this? We're strengthened by his might in our inner man. We're strengthened by his might. We're strengthened by his might. We're being strong. We're strengthened. We're walking away from the beggarly elements and the religious tones that have always tried to reach out and pull us back, seduce us. And now it doesn't work. It doesn't work often if it does. So we just say, I'm strengthened by his might in my inner man. So we're being bold. We're, we're, we're doing this man on fire. There's nothing in it for River Church in this man on fire. But it's, it's like a missions trip. There's nothing in it for the people that go. But it's for the glory. It's for the kingdom. It's for him. So if, if we go, okay, what if we don't touch everybody? Well, what if we touch two? What if you were the two that got touched back in the day? You'd go, I'm glad they came. I'm glad they showed up. I'm glad they held the meeting because I was one of the two out of all these people and it changed my life. Well, we all want to be part of the two, that, the one. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And as, if he leads again, we'll do it again. If he doesn't, we'll, we'll be done. We don't care. We work for him. Amen. Well, let's stand up and sing a song. Barry over there. He's got his, he's got his finger.